Baruch Hashem Tevez, a fantastic question. The Torah tells us that um, every day a baskel comes out and it says, Shuvu Banim Shevavim. The voice of heaven comes out, return, my lost children. Shuvu Banim Shevavim. My lost children, come back to me. So the Bashem Tevez, I don't understand. If it comes out, how come we don't hear it? How come we never hear it? And if we never hear it, why does it bother coming out every day? What's the purpose? Answers the Baal Shem Tev, it does come out. And our neshama hears it. And if we're in tune to our neshama, the antenna is up to the right frequency, then we actually will hear it as well. And every hearer tshuva that we have, every time we want to do Ratzon Hashem, it's coming because of that wake-up call. Shuvu banam shevava. Without that, nothing would happen. So it's like driving in a car. You hear the music? No. Because your antenna is not on. Remember in the olden days, you turn on your, your FM or AM, the antenna would rise up. The next generation has no idea what we're talking about. And then you would tune in and you would hear things. So is it there or is it not there? The answer is on your antenna. The Ebishter calls out, Shuvu Banam Shevavim every day. I want you back. I want you to come home. Return to me. Return to me. The Siva Shalom points out that even though we're Shevavim, Shevavnikim, we're lost, we're off the way, we're still called Banam. Still says, Shuvu Banam Shevavim. Hashem doesn't just use the title child, son, daughter, prince, princess, is not only for tzaddikim, it's even when shayvavim. And Hashem calls out every day. And our neshama, in a very delicate way, hears it. And if we are in tune with what our neshama is feeling in different situations of our life, we will hear it. And the example that I give is, Yoga. A person says, listen, you got to go to yoga. Yoga is going to change your life. Yoga is going to take away your anxiety. Yoga is going to calm you down. Yoga is going to do everything good in the world that you need. Yoga, yoga, yoga. So you go to yoga and you come out afterwards and you say, I don't know what you're talking about. It didn't do anything for me. And they say, let's look in that yoga. Probably there's a word for it. Yoga studio. There's a little camera in the corner. Let's take a look. And you see 10, 10 people over there doing yoga in the position. I think it's like this or whatever it is, position, doing yoga. And you're there with your headphones on. You're listening to music or you're listening to a sheer and you don't feel anything. So, of course, if you don't tap into it and you don't take away and shut off the, the, the noise, you're not going to gain anything from it. That's a very good example also that I bring down in CPR, which is a very, I'm not just saying it to sell books. I don't, <laughs> I don't make money on this. It's a great book to read to your, ta- to, to your Shabbos table, at your Shabbos table for your kids and for yourselves. Shabbos is the antenna, the main antenna, because during the week, it's very noisy, very hard to hear Ratz and Hashem during the week. So Hashem gave us one day. He says, you don't have to work because I'm going to cover you whatever expenses you're losing, whatever you pay, I'm paying. And all you have to do is tune in to hearing your, the, the sound 
of the of the baskel that comes out shuvu banim shevavim, and to get direction of what Hashem wants, Ma Hashem alekecha shayil meimcha daiko. That's what the whole day of Shabbos is. Unfortunately, people don't know that they leave Shabbos and they did everything right and they kept Shabbos and they went to a kiddush and they did everything except the one thing, which is to shut off the noise of the world in order to connect in some kind of a deep way to hear the Baskal and to shut off all the noise and to daven and to connect Hashem in a way that we can't during the week. It's just not possible. So this idea of Shuvu Banam Shevavim, the Baskal that comes out, happens throughout our lives. There was a time that Avraham Avinu, he didn't hear a Baskal that he didn't hear. He heard a Baskal that he was able to hear, where Hashem spoke to him and it made it a lot easier. And Hashem tells him, And by us, we're put in situations where it's much more dacostic, it's much more difficult to really feel, what is Ratzon Hashem? What, is, what does Hashem want from me? But we have a lot of brave parents that when they see that, that Mikan, like, like, like by Avraham Avinu, here you're not going to get Nachas from your kids. You got to move. And they hear that basco because they're in tune with thinking, what is Ratzon Hashem? And even though I would like Ratzon Hashem to be this, but now there is a calling of the time. And many times it's Lech Lecha, Mi Baraparkecha, Mi Williams Berkecha, Mi Bnei Brakecha, El Ha'aretz Hashem it's time to move. Why? To save your child's life. Like so many of you have had the guts to actually listen to that. A lot of people hear it but they ignore it because it's too hard and the other kids, and it is the most difficult thing to do. You know, one of the Nisayinists, first Nisayin of Avraham Avinu was, Lech Lecha Mefarshim asked, what's the Nisayin? Here he had no money, here he had no kids, here he had no fame, no glory, and Hashem says, travel, and you're going to have children, money, fame. What's the challenge? And the answer is, even if you knew that Hashem is talking to you directly, and even if you know that he tells you, I promise you that if you move to a different country, you're going to have children, nachas from your kids and money and fame and everything's going to go great in your life. It's still a challenge. How much more so when we don't hear Hashem telling this to us directly and we don't get that promise and we just have to feel out the situation and realize that in order to save my kid, my kid can't thrive in this location anymore, either because they were traumatized in this location, in which it's so not fair because you cannot get past your trauma when you constantly are being triggered by living in that place. Or even if the trauma didn't happen here, but let's say it happened in camp or it happened, whatever. But all these people have been looking at you and now you changed. And every time you walk outside, they're looking at you and they're whispering and they, ooh, that's, that's Hani, that's Hani, that's Yankee, really? Ooh, I remember him when he looked like that and they're talking about you. Or just being different than everybody else around you is a trauma, to special, especially to a not, they're not rebellious, they're sensitive souls that are broken. And it's such a trauma to them. And you have to understand that so many of our parents have moved. I, I don't get any commission from the real estate brokers. But the ones who have, have consistently reported the brachas that Hashem gave of Ramavim, that they're saving their kid, their marriages and their families got better. It's, it's a difficult thing for some of the kids. Uh, transitioning is hard, but they've all said, I would never, ever, ever change it for anything in the world. I would never, never move back. 
Even though I say you're just moving temporarily, move back afterwards. When your kid is stable, move back. No one's ever moved back. Everybody realizes this is a calling. We have to hear it and embrace it and face it. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts and a lot of strength to say it's time to move. Recently, somebody did a podcast, one of the TP parents, and he spoke about how he raised his family in a very, very Hasidish enclave. And that's where he was. And he raised his kids there. And then when his daughter went off the derech and was walking out, Natsnias, and the neighbors were complaining, he came to the realization that as much as I want to live in this little bubble, it was really a chesidish bubble, I got to move. He heard the shuvu banim shevavim. He heard the basko lech l'cha And he moved. He moved to a, a place that his, his child won't have to suffer by, by being in the same location as the original trauma, by, by having people um, upset and looking and some, sometimes calling names, or even ba'apam harguish, you can kill someone with the nose by looking with your nose and machin mit nuz and make a, 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 a face with their nose. You can kill somebody and they're very sensitive and they see everybody shushkening, shushkening and talking about them or just by being different. And they realized if we want our daughter to live, we got to move. And they moved. And they, they, they had had the opportunity of, of, of getting, you know, they took the money from their house and they got much bigger and they went to a Jewish community, but on the outskirts, the father had a five minute walk, but they were surrounded by, first of all, new people, new people, fresh faces and not as intense, not a thousand eyes looking at your kid every time she 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 walks out or he walks out. It's very hard. It, it creates this, they have to put on this, this coating, this armor of rebelliousness, which is not what we want. Or they get very hurt, which is not what we want. And we have families here. I see you smiling on there. So many of you have moved. There's someone who lived in Min Yitzchak between Ger and Bell's very beautiful Hasidish neighborhood and realized when his daughter was getting really bad looks because she wasn't from, uh, and someone else had a son and, you know, he was wearing, it looked like, uh, looked like the waiter instead of like one of the people. And um, one of them had a dog and it just, you can't be there like that. It just unfortunately doesn't work. And he moved and they moved. You can rent your house, take that income for a year or two. And with that money, rent somewhere else, or you could sell whatever it is. You could always get better because you're going most of you are, are in very from neighborhoods. You could usually do better for your money going right outside the from neighborhood or to, or the last block or a block over. And you, it's hard and it's a lot of difficulties and you need Das Terror to be involved and the other kids and all of that. And a lot of parents, we had a family that moved from Williamsburg to Muncie to save their kid, which they did. And the other kids were still in Meistus in Williamsburg. And the father, with great mysterious nefesh, every morning drove his kids to school in Williamsburg, and then back at the end of the day, he worked in Williamsburg, so that was easy, but it was big mysterious snappish to go earlier, and then to pick him up, and to end, you know, with the schedules and everything, and mysterious snappish of the other kids, until the next year, where they where they all transitioned, and they ended up all being very happy. We can't promise that everybody will be happy, but we have to save our children, and it starts with putting up your antenna, and tuning into the Basco, that's telling you every step of the way what to do, what you need to do. And especially when it's really saving a life, when it's pikuach nefesh, 
Begashmius, Benafshius, or Baruchnius, it's very clear. And the way to know what's clear, I always say, very simple. If you're always not sure what to do, first of all, never argue. That's what you have me for. So you have one less thing to argue about for TP parents. But if you're not sure what to do, think about what would we do if this was physical illness? What would we do if the doctor said, listen, you need to be closer to the infusion center, closer to the hospital. But what about my kids? What about, How can we go to Boston, Chicago, Switzerland? It doesn't matter where. How long would that decision take for parents to decide that it's better for our children, our, one child's physical health to be safer? Let's say they say there's too much pollution here in Williamsburg. You have to move out. They have to move out to the country. How long will that take you? The kid's lungs is in danger and the pollution is no good. How long will it take you? Five seconds. Because it's not a question. What about the other kids? You have all the same questions. How are the other kids going to acclimate to Boston or to Chicago or to LA or to New York for those that are not? How is this going to happen? We hear the Bosco. The Bosco is clear. Fair does not mean equal. Fair means that everybody gets what they need. Part of being a family is that we give up for each other. Leah, 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 she was supposed to be marrying to Esav. And Rachel said, I can't let her be embarrassed. And Rachel gave up. She thought that she's giving Leah to Yaakov. And she thought that I'm going to be married to Esav. And now, all these years later, I, I won't even be remembered. She would be the, father, the, the mother of, of Esav's children. How can anybody give up being married to the Gadol Adar, to be a, a mama of Klal Yisrael, and to, to willingly give that up to be married to the Puerto Rican janitor and, and not have any Jewish kids forever? And Rachel taught siblings what it means to be a sibling. I can't. I'll give up anything. Save my, save my sister. And we're not asking for that. But yes, we have to give up. And, and Mitzvah Shem, in that schus, there's no greater schus. Mama Rachel has a kaya and all the siblings that give up have a kaya And they end up getting better shaduchim, and they end up being better children, and they end up having more kibud av, they end up being sweeter, nicer, better people, non judgmental people. They end up being better wives and better mothers to their own children. They end up being better Jews. They end up doing Ratzon Hashem, how could you lose out by doing Ratzon Hashem? So when we think about what would we do if this was a physical illness, the decision is made. And we've had Chabad Shluchim, which went to their, whoever they go to, high up, high up, high up. Should we abandon? It's the worst thing in the world to abandon where, where we were. And they were told, you're not abandoning. And the Rebbe would want you to move. And we have many who have moved under their Das Taira. I don't get involved in that. But to save your children is a clear bas call coming out from Shemayim and saying, you have to do, you have to do what you have to do. Under my direction, under Das Torah, of course, but we have to do that. And you are Baruch Hashem Zaycha to be tapping into that bas call every single day. You TP parents hear, hear that bas call in every situation because you pause. There's no anger at your child. There's no frustration. All that gets in the way. All that creates that you just react without accomplishing anything. You're calm. You're holy. You're, you're, you're tapped into it. And then you could think, what does Hashem want now from me? And that, that's the journey. That's being with your child in their journey of recovery. 
and otherwise you're denying it. Hashem is telling you, you have to do this, you have to do this. And parents are, no, how much should I give up? And they're being selfish and their dugesh is on the wrong things and they're caring about the wrong things. We have a, a family here that never, their family got hit by trauma terribly. And, and four out of eight kids were devastated, suicidal, eating disorders, mamish pikuach nefesh. And the father was the founder of a shul. He gave a dafyemi in the shul. He was the president of the shul. He was the gabai of the shul, a big thriving shul. He, this was his chios in every way. The dafyemi shir every day, taking care of the shul every day. Shabbos being the gabai, making the announcements. He hired the rav. And then he had to come to shutting off all the noise and listening to the basco. And he realized, to save my kids, I have to move. And he moved very far away from the shul, an hour walk. He could only go to that shul maybe once or twice a year when the weather's right and whatever, an hour walk. And he moved to a place where he got a much bigger house and he created what, what he needed to create for his family. You look at them five years later, six years later, they're all alive. And we don't take that for granted because it was really looking bad. They had some kids that had eating disorders and, and a girl that weighed maybe 70 pounds. And now Baruch Hashem, she's healthy, no eating disorder. They had kids doing drugs, were now clean. They had kids who were mamish suicidal, cutting themselves and not wanting to live, who are now thriving and happy. And all of them are very close to Yiddishkeit as well, because they're part of the family. They don't miss Shabbos meals. They're getting closer and closer. There's one of them that's already Shemitari Mitzvah. There's another one that's like almost, and they're, but they're all facing Yiddishkeit instead of facing away from Yiddishkeit. So in every way, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, the parents are winning, and Be'ezus Hashem, they will be zaycha to walk their children down to a Chopakadas Yisrael. Something that pains me to give that bracha to all of you, because we never thought we would need that bracha. That was always a given. Of course, you're going to walk your children down to a Chopakadas Yisrael. Of course. Question was, how long are they going to learn? How from are they going to be? Everybody got frumer and frumer, and now. Just we just want want to walk our kids down to a chupakadas myshav Yisrael kashrus tarasa mishpacha Shabbos will be thrilled Olam haba that that's that's what we're looking for the rest is gravy as it always was and we'll be very happy for that also and a lot of parents get that also but we just we just we just need the the minimum which is not the minimum it's the ikker the ikker so we all have to listen to that basco and you know that that it's real when you don't want to hear it and you keep on pushing it away and you keep on, it's nagging at you. It's nagging at you, but you don't want to do it because it's so hard. But when you think I, I want, I, I want to do Ratzon Hashem and nothing's going to stop me. As soon as I determine that this is Ratzon Hashem, that's what happened with Raburi Zohar. Zatzal, that his first kid, he threw him out of the house. And as the kid's leaving, he says, wait, stop. Because in that second, he realized this cannot be Ratzon Hashem. He didn't throw his kid out of the house. He just made him feel uncomfortable because you have to wear a yarmulke and you have to until the kid decided to leave. And he realized, my kid's going out into a mabel. There's a mabel out there. And this is Tevas Nayak. This is the safe place. Whatever's going to happen to him is going to be much worse out there. And he said, stop. Kid turns around. 
and and Raburi Zar, a king, a prince, a tzaddik, such self-control says to him, you don't need to do tshuva. You don't need to change. You don't need to repent. I need to do tshuva. I've been dealing with this all wrong. Opens his arms, gives him a hug and says, this is your house and you be you. And he dropped all the rules and the consequences and the boundaries that weren't helping. And they were just pushing the kid out and creating frustration and anger. And he heard the Basco and he saved his family. Instead of fighting for years, there's calm, peace, no fighting, nothing being done spiteful against the child. And the child drops all spiteful actions against the parent. And all of a sudden you have a Shabbos table and maybe the kid's there without a yarmulke and maybe without proper clothing, and maybe with a puppy, but he's there, and he's not allergic. And then over time, what do you think happens? More and more and more, and then they mature, and then they decide, you know what, I could wear this shirt, maybe I'll dress up, maybe I'll go to shul, maybe, 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 and look at his kid. Look at his kid now. And how he cried when his father passed away, he said words that, that probably no child ever said about a father. He was my life. I'm, I'm broken. I sent out the clip. Who talks like that about a father? We all had fathers. Many of us had fathers that passed away. We miss them. We love them. He spoke like, a, like he's speaking about his greatest love of his life. That's real nafshik shura b'nafshik. That rope that Raburi connected to his son, that, that was so such an unbreakable bond. There's no, how much do I need to do? We will do everything and anything that is Ratzon Hashem. And the only question is, is this Ratzon Hashem? We do it B'Simcha Rabbah. And that's all. So you focus on the fact that kids who feel connected to us, they don't want to die. We're beating, Hashem should continue to help us. We are beating the statistics every day. From the hundreds and hundreds of kids that were suicidal, we're, we're way ahead of the psych wards, we're way ahead of, of the boot camps and the rehabs, and everybody knows that. And the, and the kids who are on drugs, who have gone clean, much higher statistic than anyone else. And we have hundreds of kids that are ready, will be by all of you, because we know what works is, is not rechuk, is not rules is not pushing you away, making you feel uncomfortable in our home. What works is I accept you fully and I'm time with you. I support you. You have a mother. You have a father. You're welcome as you are. You're welcome at my table. Of course, I wish in my mind that this kid didn't suffer so much and that they were not thrown into this world of sayu Of course, we wish that. Just like we wish that a kid doesn't have cancer. But we're happy that no matter what they're going through, that they are part of our lives and a part of our heart because that's where they belong. And that's what makes us being able to go to sleep at night, knowing that we're doing ruts and Hashem and knowing our kids are around us, knowing that our kids are home. The kids are not floating away. They're not disappearing in the middle of the night. Just this week, we had a parent sitting right over there and they said they're here one year. One year. Last year, the NKN, the connection between the parents, Zero negatives, hatred. The girl did not put her father's name, daddy or Abba or Tati in her phone. She didn't even put his first name. She put a horrible name, 
to save that number. Rachman litzlan, so many kids do. And then after a couple of months, she put in Chaim. And then after a few more months, now we're celebrating one year, she put in my daddy. She wrote a note to him as a thank you. And she wrote, dear daddy. She has a daddy. She has a mommy. Her future is different than it was a year ago. And surprise, a year ago, she was suicidal. She was actively suicidal. And now, not at all. Hashem should continue to help protect her and all of your kids. What happened? What do you do if you call up any professional and you say, what do we do? Our kid is suicidal. What do you do? You call 911, put them in a psych ward, send them to boot camp, send them to Utah, send them to a psych ward. What, what tools could parents possibly have? And meanwhile, consistently, the number one by far success is parents. She's not suicidal anymore. She's yummy. She's just delicious relationship with her parents, hugging and smiling, wants to live, wants to have a future, wants to be home free Yantif, wants to be around the parents, wants to be around. And then she's more pleasant. So all those questions from last year that they asked me, she's Godzilla. What do we do? She's cursing like a truck driver. The, the questions fall away. That's the answer. To make the questions fall away. How? Do what they did. Over the top. The stuff that they did is over the top, real TP. It cost them an arm and a leg. It's worth it. It's worth it. Had tremendous success. And the cost will go down because she's much healthier now. So we have to hear the Basco. Be focused on it. Make sure, double check with your Rav that you heard the Basco and you're not just hallucinating with me and your Rav together. And Hashem will help that you have not has from your children.